0: Welcome to Podcasts, recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. I would like to start today by playing a little game with you all. And the game is, it's a simple one. It's called God's Good is My Good. And so I'm going to invite you all. When you feel called, to yell out something that you really love about your life, and then we're all going to respond, "God's good is my good." Okay, got it. So who wants to yell out something? We're coming. God's so friends, absolutely. So God's good is my good. And family. My God's good is my good. The the to Washington. God's good is my good. Health. God's good is my good. My house. God's my good, good is my good. Home sweet home. God's good is my good. Retirement. <laughs> well God's good is my good. That's true. <laughs> God's good is my good. God's good is my good. God's good is my good. A couple more? Growth and opportunity. God's good is my good. Okay, thank you all. So could we ever answer differently? Oh, okay. Sean says, well, we could, but we'd be wrong. (laughs) One of the things I think that I treasure about this teaching is that we do know that all good comes from God, and it's unlimited. You really couldn't have come up with something that we wouldn't have said, God's good is my good. And conversely, there's nothing that exists in the infinity of God that also couldn't be your good. And I want to zone in on that for just a minute, because I think sometimes we have faulty notions that God is kind of like the Amazon.warehouse. And and unless we type the order in just perfectly, you know, it's going to be delivered somewhere else. And, And I want to reassure you... There's a a feature of God, there's an important quality of God that says that can't be so. And that quality is that you are also part of God. And so if you think of it, why would God deny itself any particular good? I like to think of it as Christmas when you're a kid. Uh, Remember Christmas when you were a kid and how eager the adults were to give you presents? I, I mean, of course, it was fun getting the presents, but did you notice how it just lit up the adults? That they were all there to see your expression, to see whether you liked the toy or the clothes or whatever it is. And I swear to gosh, the adults in the room had equal fun in the giving that the children did in the receiving. Well, that's God. It is God's absolute good pleasure to give you love, to give you peace, to give you joy, to give you all the good stuff because it's giving to its own family. It's giving to its own self in a way. You are part of spirit. And it loves supporting you. Today I'm going to talk about our unlimited capacity. And first we have to recognize God's unlimited capacity. There is nothing that is good outside of spirit. Spirit has it all. In fact, sometimes in the science of mind we simply say God is every person, every place, everything, every situation, every, every, every is spirit. And so, of course, that encompasses anything that you could ever need or want or visualize or have. And and so then the question becomes, and where I want to spend a little bit more time talking today, is if God is the unlimited riches of the universe, and if I am part of that, and it's God's good pleasure to send it my way, so what's the problem? (laughs) <laughs> yeah a couple of you are laughing uh, catherine one of our licensed practitioners says well there could be something in the receiving going on here and i do want to talk about that and i think a good place to start is with a joke so an old man was walking on the beach with his only grandson when a giant wave crashed on shore and swept the boy out to sea Well, the man looks up to heaven and says, Oh, Lord, this is my only grandson. How can you take him away from me like this? My son will not understand my daughter-in-law. She will surely die of grief. But the fellow remembers his scripture and decides to ask God to return the boy. He gets on his knees and prays. Suddenly, another wave comes by and deposits the boy right at the old man's feet. The grandfather looks up to heaven again and says, Hey, wait a minute. When you took him, he had a hat. (laughs) So what's with the hat? (laughs) Why is it in an infinite universe we'd be worried about a hat? See, I think we're so used to getting what we already have that there's something in us that can't quite... Stretch to open our arms wider to receive a little bit more I think there's two parts to this receiving thing that Catherine talked about One of them is we're kind of shy we're kind of used to what we already have We're kind of thinking that that the same old same old is good enough and I, I would suggest You're partially right you are partially right. If you are really satisfied with your life in in all ways, good. You know, we talked a few weeks ago about sufficiency, and that's the very nature of it. If you're grateful for what you have and don't see room for improvement, sweet, right? Sign me up. But I bet most of us could imagine a life with a little bit more love in it, a little bit more joy in it, Uh, a little bit more freedom in it. I think most of us have a sense that there could be improvements. And so one of the things we need to do is figure out how we can receive those improvements. There's another thing at work here, though, too, and I'll illustrate it by a story of one of my foster kids. Uh, some, some of you know that for about a 10-year period, I had a number of uh, emergency foster care teenagers. And uh, and one of my teenagers, it was a, a very interesting young woman, so she came to stay with me in the middle of the night. And so social workers dropped her off at like 11 o'clock at night. And so I'm showing her bedroom and, and uh, you, you know, just getting things set up for her so she'd feel comfortable. And I started to, to go up to bed and, and uh, she said well wait a minute wait a minute she says I've never slept in a bed before I don't know that I'm going to be comfortable and uh, of course my initial reaction is just you know my heart just oh my god she's never slept in a bed before so okay so what would be comfortable well can I sleep on the couch in the living room that's what that's usually where I sleep and it's like okay all right we can do that And then the next morning, we were working on meals, right? Because what I discovered about teenagers, they're often very picky, very picky about what they will eat and what they won't eat. And I thought, well, at least the first few days here, I'm going to, you know, make something that she would like to eat. And so she was telling me what her normal diet was. Uh, It required French fries and some kind of tomato sauce. And that was like all she ate. It was basically fast food. Uh, She would do pizza because it had tomato sauce on it. She would do spaghetti because it had tomato sauce on it. And when I asked her about vegetables, she said, well, tomatoes are a vegetable. (laughs) And what was interesting and why this story is appropriate here is she couldn't conceive of her life in a different way. Now we can, right? We can say, oh my gosh, she's missing out on half of life. Uh, she could have a wonderful bed to sleep in. She could envision her life filled with uh, with fun and different things to eat. And, and of course, those weren't the only two things in her life that were a little bit, uh, shall we say, depressed. But she couldn't see that. And so... I'm asking you, could there be things in your life that you can't see also? Things that are missing that you don't even know about. Pleasures that exist that you haven't even envisioned for yourself. And of course, that's the key for receiving God's blessings. We have to be able to envision it. We have to be able to accept it. We have to be able to understand it. And so I think there are two things that work here. We've covered them briefly. Two things that work here that keep that unlimited supply of spirit from coming to us. So so one is we're shy about it. We really think that we're undeserving. We really think that somehow God's too busy <laughs> maybe to worry about my needs. Uh, and the second one is I can't imagine it. I could only imagine what I have in my life right now. So how do we expand on these? We can actually work on these issues of expanding our cup It's interesting that in the opening, the idea of our cup running over was brought up. The idea of what kind of a cup do we bring to the universe? And when we're in that same old, same old mode, well, we just bring the same same cup to the universe every time, right? It's just who we are. I can accept this much good in terms of love. Uh, Any more than that, I feel a little uncomfortable. I can only accept this much in terms of success. Any more than that, I feel a little uncomfortable. I can only, right? Aren't we like that? We kind of have a thermostat, uh, a same old, same oldness. So, So first of all, we need to stretch our imagination. How many out here would say you're daydreamers? See, I remember in school, uh, weren't we tagged as uh, not so good if we were daydreamers, right? I would like to suggest that daydreaming is a wonderful thing. I would like to suggest that using your imagination to improve your life is exactly the right place to start because you're pushing the boundary of what already exists when you're daydreaming you're thinking about oh wouldn't it be lovely to go on that tour of Europe or or wouldn't it be fabulous for uh, this new job promotion or whatever it is you're imagining yourself in the future, having and doing and experiencing things that are beyond what you've done and experienced right now. That's the first step, right? That's beginning to see that there is something out there that would be delightful. And then I would say, let's start planning for it. Let's start doing the research. Let's not have it be a tantalizing thing out there that will never come true. Let's start taking steps in that direction. Let's start imagining not only what it is, but that it is mine, that I have it, that the experience is mine. And then in the real world, let's begin taking steps in that direction. If it's a tour of Europe you want, well, you ought to start researching where you'd want to go. If it's a fabulous new job, maybe there's some training you need to get that new job, right? We're going to take the steps in that direction so that the dream comes closer and closer and suddenly it is not a daydream anymore. It is your life. There's something else, though, that I want to talk about. Out in the world there, there's this thing called the law of attraction. And in fact, we've talked about it on Sunday before. The idea that uh, the vibe that we put out, the energy that we put out, is returned to us. So that's, uh, I guess, one way of looking at the law of attraction. But have you also heard, with regards to the law of attraction, birds of a feather flock together, that the same attracts the same? This has something to do with our ability to have more in our life as well. Why? Because we're surrounded by people that typically believe what we believe and no more and no less. And so you might find yourselves surrounded by people and ideas that also want to keep you being able to receive. Just what you've been receiving. People who will say, well, you can't expect that much from so-and-so. Or how do you imagine that a job like that will support you, right? You'll have the people around you that tend to believe what you do. Sometimes they'll even believe more in lack and limitation than you do. And then you really have some issues, right? If you listen too much to what's going on on the outside. So the invitation here is to listen to what's going on on the inside. If you have a dream, it's your dream. You do not need to allow anyone else to put a puncture in it, right? Let's not allow the oomph, the energy, the air to be taken out of your daydream, your, your vision of the future. You know, you can just nod and smile when people tell you that you're you've got pie in the sky, right? The truth is within. No one can take that away from you. The last tip that I have, though, is, and this gets us out of that idea of birds of a feather flock together, what if you choose to flock somewhere else? And here's my tip for you. If you want to see progress in your own life, find someone who has already made that progress And most likely they're not in your circle of friends, right? The law of attraction will tend to say that your immediate set of friends and family probably do not have those experiences that you wish to find. So find a mentor. If you want to go on that excursion to uh, Europe, Find someone who's been, talk to them about it. Get jazzed up by someone who has already gone those steps ahead of you. If you want to make progress in your business, if, you, if you're if you thinking of starting a small business, talk to someone who's successful at that. I had a, a, a woman friend of mine not too long ago that was entering the dating pool again. And she says, I just don't really even know what to expect. She said, and I'm a little worried that my uh, my idea of what love is like, my idea of being in the process of dating and in the process of romance and in the process of maybe finding a special someone, I'm not sure that I've ever had that before. So I'm not sure what I'm exactly looking for. What was my advice? Hang out with people that are successful in that way. Have you thought of that? Find uh, find someone that has already the kind of relationship that is super intriguing and seems super healthy to you and ask them what it's like. We don't have to figure out all this stuff on our own. We can actually use a mentor in any area of your life. Now, I know some of you are like resisting this a little bit because you're going to have to go up to someone and say, I really admire this aspect of your life. Would you teach me how to do it? And it is vulnerable. I I will give you that. It kind of makes you feel like, well, you know, I'm not a real adult, I don't know what love is, or I'm I'm not a real business person because I don't know what that next step up the ladder is. I got to tell you though, people will be absolutely charmed by that. If you go up to anyone who is successful in some area in their life, and you say to them, I really admire your marriage. I really love what you have done with this business. You've taken this business from nothing To really the next level. If you approach anyone with that mentality, they will have their pants charmed off. Oh, wait, I'm not supposed to say that. (laughs) You know what I mean, though, right? It's literally all their defenses are completely down. All their defenses are completely down. And they will be more than willing to help you. So let me go back here and review a little bit about what we're talking about. The idea of seeking a mentor who has more experience than you do. If you want more love in your life, find someone that has the kind of relationship that you admire. If you want more success in your life, find someone that has the kind of success that you want. If you want to go back to school, find someone who has recently made that journey, who can give you some pointers about what that's like any area in your life where you wish to see improvement, you're not necessarily apt to see those steps yourself because you haven't taken them. Find someone who has taken them. So back to the unlimited nature of the universe. How do we make our cup bigger? First, we have to imagine our cup bigger. We talked about using our daydreaming ability. We talked about using as a mentor someone whose cup is already bigger. But I also have one more suggestion or one more tip. God, in addition to wanting us to have more good in our life, also wants us to have more fun in our life. This is an aspect of God that we don't talk about usually in that way. We use the fancy term of joy, which which I love, but there's something in spirit that actually guides us toward that which is fun and joyous and pleasurable. And so I want to ask you, have you ever thought about making a plan for joy in your life? Have you actually written down some of the many things that might bring you joy? It's maybe a way of uh, inviting that uh, sense of daydreaming to you. Here's your homework for this week. You're going to get out a piece of blank paper and a pencil and write, you might think of it as a bucket list, uh, but I like to think of it as a joyful list. Write down at least 25 things that would bring you greater joy than what you have today. Some of you are giving me the eye, oh my God, 25 things? It actually won't be that hard, I bet. I bet it won't be that hard when you sit down and actually do it. But that's the Homer. 25 things that would bring you greater joy into your life. And then, what have we learned today? I can, first of all, I can apply research to it, right? I can start looking at, well, what would that be like? Some examples of what would bring you joy dancing. Dancing. All right. So dancing would bring you joy. How do we expand that cup? Well, first of all, we ought to know what kind of dancing is available in town, right? Maybe we'd go on the internet and say, dance studio's near me. I think people type in such things into their Googleizers, right? So, research, right? And then, perhaps you find someone in the dance community to be your mentor. I'm just starting out, or I'm in, uh, an intermediate dancer. You know, what, what, what has your path been like? Did you need to take classes? Or did you just go to some kind of you know the Norse Hall on dance night and someone taught you? Or what was that like? You can do research. You can find a mentor. So yeah, let's let's get out our 25 things list and then begin making progress. Today we explored a couple ideas. First of all, the universe, God, is unlimited. And God's good is my good, right? Let's say that one more time. Let's go back to the beginning here for a minute. God's good is my good. So if you can envision it, you can have it. If you can hold it in your mind and know that it's true for you, if you can embody that good, if you can provide some details around it enough to where you'd say, yeah, that's it, then that's the first step towards having it and experiencing it. We also talked about some ways of greater embodying that, of making our cup bigger. We talked about using our imagination or daydreaming. We talked about asking someone else who has maybe gone to the next level and whatever that is. What was your experience like? And I'm going to give you one more tip uh, for luxury. And this comes from our, our previous minister, Reverend Lynn Johnson. She always invited people during prosperity month. And I would too, by the way to notice the fanciest hotel in town. And and your definition of that might be slightly different. Hers was the Benson Hotel downtown. And she said, if you want to know what luxury is, just go downtown, go to the Benson, sit in the lobby, uh, because the lobby is gorgeous, um, have a Perrier, and just feel the vibe of opulence. The whole key here, as she described it, was opening your heart to greater good. It's less of a mind thing and more of a heart thing. Can you open your heart to that vibe of love, that vibe of luxury, that vibe of joy? Um, Rather than going to the Benson for me, I go out to the farm where we got our dogs and play with puppies. (laughs) Right? What luxury to be mobbed (laughs) by puppies, right? It's like, oh my gosh, my heart is so open. So it doesn't, uh, you know, money, okay, whatever. uh, But what do you want more in your life? Is it love? Is it joy? Is it fun? Is it abundance? Seek out a spot where that happens regularly and sign yourself up for it enjoy yourself. Open that heart. Find the pleasure in life. It is God's good pleasure to give you the keys to the kingdom. There is good for you, and you shall have it. So I want to close today. Actually, Kristen, would you mind coming up and helping me with this? This is something that we've done before, and I thought we ought to do it again today. Just call in response. So I'll call in you, and everyone will respond. All right, sounds great. So good and more good is mine. Good and more good is mine. And ever increasing good is mine. And ever increasing good is mine. There is no limit to the good that is mine. There is no limit to the good which is mine. Everywhere I go, I see this good. Everywhere I go, I see this good. I feel it. I feel it. I experience it. I experience it. It crowds itself around me. It crowds itself around me. And it flows through me. And it flows through me. It expresses itself in me. It expresses itself in me. And it multiplies itself around me. And it multiplies itself around me. Good and more good is mine. Good and, good and more good is mine. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one love. There's only this one thing. And as we have talked about today, it is infinite. All the good that can ever be imagined within that one that one wonderful thing that we call God or Spirit. It is the source of all. And it gladly gives of itself. Truly, God's good is my good. And as I open my heart, I recognize that I can hold up a bigger cup. That I can use my imagination to to fuel that opening of the heart and that greater receiving of all the good that is mine. And as it is true for me, it is true for everyone. Each person here and beyond has that ability to open the heart, open the mind, to allow our our daydreams to turn into something more than just a dream through God's good pleasure. So let us on this day cast aside any thoughts of lack or limitation. We are worthy of the good life. The good life is available to us. And on this day, we accept it. The good life is mine. And so in gratitude for this certainty, I release this prayer into the activity and action of the law. I release it on behalf of everyone. Each of us, has good to be received and we shall accept it i let it be and together we say and so it is thank you so much for being here today what a pleasure to have you here today we hope you enjoyed today's podcast